March 24th, 2023, we're in Masechet Betza and Yod Bet, Amud Bet. If you count from the bottom of the Amud up, it's a nine lines up, the last word on the line. It says the Gemara, Ushpezichne derava barav hanan havale isurayata de hardela. The host of Rava barav hanan had isurayata de hardela. Hardela is reference to mustard seeds. And Isurayata, Rashi explains, is while still in the stalk, bundles of these mustard seeds. Now understand, in order to get to the seeds, you'll have to husk away any of the other protective items and parts of the stalk. And as a result, the question that he's going to post to Rav Barav Hanan is specifically with regards to those preliminary stages. To eat from the seeds is no problem. The question is that he'll pose can I, on Yom Tov, move away, husk off uh, any of the excess in order to get to uh, the Hardela? Uh, of course, the question that you and I might ask is, why not? Uh, so Rashi already helps us with that. And Rashi says that the issue is a melacha known as Disha. The melechet dash is that of crushing. And generally speaking, in the Mishkan, we imagine crushing in the context maybe of the herbs, uh, but it applies as well to pretty much any growth from the field. As a result, the question therefore is, Am I allowed to husk them and in turn eat from those mustard seeds on Yom Tov? Well, if it's an Isur from the Torah, on Shabbat, it's certainly going to be prohibited. The question is with regards to Yom Tov, should it be fully per- permitted? Well, if you could have done it before Yom Tov, we've already understood from many Mishnayot and Gemarot that there's not going to per se be a permissibility. As a result, Lahava biyadeh didn't have the answer. Rava Barav Hanan, when asked by his host about whether it's permitted on Yom Tov, lefaruche, to again crush aside, husk off the excess of these, um, these mustard seed stalks, uh, he didn't have an answer. Lahava biyadeh, it wasn't in his hand. Atalekameh de Rava, this Rava Barav Hanan, came in front of Rava and asked him the same question. So, you know, my host had asked me this question. Amar le molelin mililot umefarechin kotniot biyom tov. He answered him, it's absolutely permitted on Yom Tov to be molel and to be mefarech. The difference between milila and pericha is, is slight. They both are a reference to that husking, the crushing and moving aside the excess. The difference is only with regards to what you're talking about. Are you talking about mililot, which is something that's softer in nature, or kotniot, legumes, which is something that's harder in nature? So, so, uh, so says uh, Nathan, what are we really talking about in this situation? You wouldn't be, as Rashi explains to us, you wouldn't be permitting something that could have been done before Yom Tov if you're dealing with a biblical violation, prohibition, and Isur Min HaTorah. So there's no question about that. So what is his answer then? How's he permitting? The answer, as Rashi explains it, is that this action, this activity of Perichav, Melilah, is such that we call it Kil Ahariyad. I'll define that in a moment. Um, in other words, though, according to Rashi, as Nathan said a moment ago, the reading of the Gemara goes like this. The response is, this action is prohibited not from the Torah, but only from the rabbis. On Shabbat, that's still going to be prohibited. You can't do violations from the rabbis, from the Torah. Not on Shabbat. You may come to do it because now you just said 
because it's permitted on Yom Tov, all right, well then we, then we should say we don't make such gezerot, um, it appears. Uh, so on Shabbat, it's certainly going to be prohibited. The question will be on Yom Tov, since I'm dealing with, and we'll have to define how we know that, um, with an Isur Midrabbanan, it's rabbinically prohibited, in a circumstance where it's going to help you de- benefit, derive pleasure, food, and sustenance on the holiday, permitted. So that's the uh, sequence of events over here. Why is it only Asumit Rabbanan? Aren't we dealing with an Isur from the Torah? Didn't we talk about crushing just a moment ago as being one of those 39 Melachot, the Mishnah and Masechet Shabbat and Dafa'in Gimal enumerates 39 prohibited activities on Shabbat. One of them is Disha. Well, it applies to Yom Tov as well. We don't really distinguish under most circumstances. Because we permit it based on our last Mishnah, based on the Pasuk in the Torah. But you begin, your baseline is it's prohibited. Why should this only be prohibited in Banan? So again, Rashi says it's Kalaharyad. And the way they interpret Rashi goes like this. It's, yes, crushing is, at its uh, core, an Isur from the Torah. The question is how you're crushing. First and foremost, if you're crushing with a utensil, it's probably going to be Isur from the Torah. If you're crushing even with your hand in such a fashion that you crush, and take the kernel out with your hand as you crush, it might be prohibited from the Torah as well. Over here, however, milila and pericha is a different activity. You're crushing, allowing for the seeds to fall, and only then picking them up and putting them in your... Is those the words? Milila is rubbing of some sort, pericha they call crumbling. Fantastic. I love it. I called it just husking. Alan made fun of me yesterday. Now we got better words for it. But that's the point. The point is these words denote, these words are implying that the activity is not a regular activity. It's an activity crumbling and rubbing, which means to say that you're moving aside the excess in such a fashion and uh, then picking up the seeds which fell. We call that kil'ahariyad. What's the fundamental, what's the primary function of these melachot and Shabbat that we say if it's done differently, it's uh, permitted? Ultimately speaking, you got the same result. The answer is, and this is clear from several sugyot in Masechet Shabbat, that the Torah prohibited um, activity that we refer to as melacha. The Torah in several places calls it melacha. Melacha means it's productive. It doesn't mean it's functional. What do I mean by productive versus functional? Productive means I'm preparing food to sell. I'm preparing food in mass. I'm preparing food in a fashion that it's industrial, it's commercial. I'm really dealing with this in large scale. That's the type of action I would be using. If alternatively it's functional, it's just to put food in my mouth, under those circumstances, we no longer consider it a melacha. There's still rabbinic violations and prohibitions, but there's rules and wiggle room for permissibility. That's why again, imagine you were, I don't know, a seed seller. A seed seller is not going to do it and so you're wasting time. You're, you're, first of all, you don't want to rub in the first place. You use a utensil. But even if you're rubbing because the person came to you, he's still out in the stalk, you rub and you grab the seeds and you hand it to him. The fact that you're rubbing, the fact that you're crumbling and allowing for it to fall and then handing it to him, that's not melacha. That's the type of activity you do before eating. It's only atzum midera banan. So to summarize, what we get up to in just even, a few even lines. Even on Shabbat, it's only atzum midera banan. Midera banan. That's wow. right. So it's, it's, the, it's the derivative of crushing. No, derivatives. Tolada is asur from the Torah as well. 
right? It is eight because it's done kil yad. Even though you're right, it starts as a tolada because we're not doing it with the utensil, but it'll still be asur min Torah. But the fact that it's falling out and I'm only then picking up the seeds calls it kil yad, and that's permitted min Torah. Why so? I just explained to you because it's not melacha. It's rather the way you would procure, uh, bring about food. That's that's what's. You're dealing with something different over there. Over there, you're dealing with, with, with uh, yeah, in that circumstance, that's this, the, but there's no other way of dealing with that. You're not separating something, crushing in order to get to another thing, and you would do it in one way as opposed to another way. It's the only way to do it. You're crushing it onto it. There's no kalahariyad over there. So AB asks, very well, and thankfully, someone's paying attention to context. What does this have to do with anything? Give it a minute or two. We're going to make our way back to Tiruman just a moment. You're going to be sad you asked. What's that? Not really. That, no, what, 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 one second. Okay. okay. Now, in terms of, uh, no, uh, Mars, you, you're confusing. With a watermelon, at most, what you'd be dealing with is melechet borer, separating. Over here, the issue is, is the crushing. It's not the separation. Right? The separation, for another reason, is permitted. Shulchan Aruch, based on the Gemara and Masechet Shabbat and Siman Shin Yotet, describes how borer, separating, is permitted. As provided that it's not being done, we'll see this in a little bit to come, with the utensil. It's being done for immediate consumption. Uh, with your hand, uh, in such a circumstance, that's permitted. That, again, is not melacha. But over here, we're dealing with melechet disha, not per se with so melechet borer. Can we separate the concept of melacha, actual melacha? Would you go to the field, you chop down the thing, that's asur because it's, you know, on Shabbat. But once you have the thing chopped and it's in your house, Everybody, everybody in the world wants you to be their rabbi right now because effectively then, melachot of Shabbat have been confined to the field, not the way it works. Yeah, not the way it works. Even minhat Torah, not the way it works. There will be, ironically, in just a minute, I will raise a situation, well, we, can, we can do it in, in really just a minute, where we do apply that sort of logic with regards to permissibility. But it's not carte blanche. We don't say across the board. It was only in the fields, we try to figure out, well, what would be done in the industrial, uh, in, in the commercial fashion? If you're storing it, you're not necessarily doing it in the field, you're getting it together and you're separating, you're sifting, you're crushing, and that will apply. Right. Well, it is wrong. It's asumed rabbanan. But ultimately speaking, says Rava, it's mutar on Yom Tov, again, because it's Melechet Ochenefesh, it's for Simchat Yom Tov, even though I should have done it yesterday, since it's only in Yisum and Rabbanan, uh, 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 and it's on Yom Tov, it's permitted. It's not right away, I can't say You have to be eating it on Yom Tov. I don't know if you need to finish it all, but you need to be eating it on Yom Tov, yeah. Etive says the Gemara, we have a question here, Etive Abaye. Abaye poses a question from a Beraita on that statement of his contemporary, Vrava, Hamolel Mililot Me'erev Shabbat. All right, so so far, so good. A person did this Milila, this smoothing in order to crush on Erev Shabbat. Lemahar, the next day, Menafeyah Miyad Liyad Ve'ochel. The next day, what he can do is, once he already took the chaff took the uh, excess off before Shabbat, but it's still kind of there. In other words, he crushed it up 
but it's still not separated properly. The next day you put it in your hand and you're minapeah, so you, you sift, but in such a fashion. You move your hand around. You're not actually sifting in such a fashion that you're separating. You're moving your hand around, that's permitted. Again, the fundamental, the primary uh, idea over here is, this is not melacha, this is to eat. It's in my hand. I already did the action before Shabbat of crushing, of separating in that fashion. On Shabbat, I'm going to be menapeach miyad liyad ve'ochel. Ava lo bekinon ve'lo betamchui. But you're not allowed to do it with these two uh, uh, specific uh, utensils, instruments which were used for separation. Kinon is some sort of funnel-like device, and a tamchui is some sort of long uh, and flat uh, sifting uh, device. But those are specific, those are particular, those are called melacha. All right, so far no bearing on our issue because that's talking about Shabbat. All right, Shabbat, we got it. Next statement. Utensils as well because over there, in that context, we're talking about the second stage. All right, we're talking about two stages over here. The first stage is the crushing, crushing stage. Second stage is the one that Mars jumped us to and that's Bereira, Borer. Next, here's the part we need to pay most attention to. Hamolel mililot me'erev yom tov. If a person did the sifting, or excuse me, the uh, smoothing, what do we call it? Rubbing. Thank you. From Erev Yom Tob, Lemahar, the next day, Menapeh al Yad al Yad, Veochel afilo bikinon, Vafilo betamchuya, Valo betavla, Velo benapa, Velo bikivara. Period. Now, before we define all the activity that's being described over here, let's just pay attention to when the milila took place. According to what Rava told us a moment ago, it could and should, if you are interested in doing it so, be done on Yom Tov. After all, you're doing it for Simhat Yom Tov. After all, Rava said it's mutar. That's what the, the, the host was asking Rava Barab Hanan. He said he could do it on Yom Tov. This Biraita says, listen, if you did that before Yom Tov, here's how you deal with separating it on Yom Tov. What are you talking about? I could even do it on Yom Tov. That's going to be the issue which is being posed by Abaye to Rava from this Biraita. What are the specific details that are mentioned afterwards? Well, on Yom Tov, there are further permissibilities beyond that of Shabbat. What are they? You're allowed to use the uh, lower grade utensils and instruments, the kinon and the tamhoi, are permitted on Yom Tov. It's going to be a larger production activity in terms of sifting and separating, but that's permitted on Yom Tov. The, the even further operational devices, the ones that they use in the larger businesses called tavla, napa, and kevara, those on Yom Tov are forbidden. But ultimately speaking, what we established, aside from the details on borer, all important when we learn Shabbat, when we address those sorts of issues, but not for our purposes right now, with regards to disha, to dash, the crushing, well, the statement is, even though I'm doing what we're calling disha kel-aharyad, the crushing in the indirect fashion, not the normal way, which is only asumid rabbanan, it's prohibited rabbinically on Shabbat, of course, you need to do it beforehand, for some inexplicable reason, says Abaye Rava, the Beraita says explicitly that you had to do it on Erev Yom Tov. Me'erev Yom Tov in, Yom Tov lo. The question in turn is, how is this possible? You're doing it only on Erev Yom Tov, says the Beraita, but not on Yom Tov. The Milila, the rabbit. Why shouldn't it be permitted on Yom Tov? Rava, you told me it's permitted on Yom Tov. Pause for a second before we move onward and address a question that Jesse asked yesterday, and that is, leave aside Yom Tov we need that in our mind. It's on, it's on the front of our mind right now, but on the side, in the front of our mind, we did mention, I know it was by the way, but we did mention Shabbat over here. And it got some of us maybe a little bit nervous because the description was that you're not allowed to be doing that rubbing on Shabbat. 
One say, you're not allowed to rub on Shabbat in order to bring forth seeds. I don't know about you, but I uh, was at a Sabbath this past week. A visit on the table. How was I, uh, how was I separating the visit? How if you wanted to have, maybe you don't, but if you wanted to have peanuts, how do you have peanuts on, on Shabbat? Are those permitted? Are you allowed to take the not necessarily seed or the nut outside of the shell? Is that permitted on Shabbat or Yom Tov? Hacham Yosef, after a long string of, of Aharonim who addressed this matter, because it seems in the strictest sense that it should be prohibited, writes the following in his Hazon Ovadia Helik Dalit on page Kof Yod, Mutar Liklof Beshabbat Botnim, you're allowed to on Shabbat peel or uh, to take out the uh, botnim as peanuts, afmikli patana chitzona, even from their external shells, vechen mutar liklof, pistok, halavi, chayotze beze, b'sha'at achilatam, ve'en beze isur mishum dash. There's no problem in any of these circumstances of this crushing. Keshem shemutar l'shaber kelipat shikedim ve'egozim kede litol ha'ochil shebetocham, just like when it comes to walnuts or any other nut which has a stronger external, which of course, you're going to be dealing with less of a crushing in that circumstance, permitted. What's the rationale? What's the reasoning? Uh, so he suggests, and this, many make this suggestion in the last <laughs> several hundred years, he, he bases himself on the definitions, which again, he, you don't need the specific book he quotes, but it's important that it is quoted from there. You could, definition of Disha, back to the Morris conversation from just a few moments ago, of what does it mean to crush, there's a book called Egletal. Egletal was composed about 150 years ago. It was written by a Hasidic Rebbe, actually. It was written by the Sakachava Rebbe. And uh, in uh, the book Egletal, which is a very important book on Hilchot Shabbat, which brings you through the 39 Melachot of Shabbat and applies many of the principles, uh, of course, culled from earlier sources, he defines this Melachav Disha specifically as the type of activity which is, and again, it comes to the Mars conversation, our general conversation of what Melacha is. The Melacha is not defined as what I do in order to eat. Melacha is defined as what I do in order to prepare something in order for it to be sold, to be eaten, or to be stored, to be eaten. It's something which is done in mass. It's something which is done in a full sense, you know, this is my work, this is my vocation, this is what I do. That's melacha. Over here, uh, well, certainly, certainly. But, but as a result, uh, sometimes drawing the line is somewhat difficult. Sometimes to distinguish is not fully clear. When our Gemara talks about melilot, the understanding is, it, the understanding is it's a bit different than the type of reality we, you and I, talk about when it comes to peanuts today. The reality with regards to peanuts and bizid and so forth today is that the reason the shell is on it and I'm taking it out at the meal is for cleanliness reasons. It's not really, you know, so to speak, preparing the food. I don't want it prepared like that beforehand. That wouldn't have been done in Morris's words, in Egletal's words, in the field. It could have been done in the field. It's not really the way we're interested in it. We want it in the shells just so that when we get to eating, we crack it out and we take it. It's not, so to speak, preparing the food in a pro- as part of a process, as part of something procedural that uh, brings forth the food. It's rather just a functional thing. I want my food to be clean, so I'd rather it stay in the shell until I open it at the meal. That's what we call not derech melacha, but derech achila. That's the way of eating. There is a question. Um, Shevet Halevi, Shevet Halevi was Rabbi Shmuel Halevi Vosner, who was a great Ashkenazic rabbi in Bnei Brak. He says, but today they sell peanuts, I've seen it certainly pistachios, uh, unshelled. And so he says, well, doesn't that mean that we'd rather it that way? Doesn't that mean that is part of the process? 
So he says, listen, I'm not going to be also for everyone, but he says, my students and my household, we won't have any nuts on Shabbat unless they're already shelled beforehand. Uh, sure, no, no, by extension, he would be also, I imagine, all, all the nuts and all seeds. Okay, but the halacha. Well, an apple is a peel. Apple is a peel. And a peel, there is a separate question. It's not disha, you're not dealing with crushing with an apple peel, you're dealing with separating with borer. If you did it with a knife, there's no question whatsoever. A knife is not a keli, it's not a utensil, which is miyuhad lekach, which is specific for separating, and it would be permitted provided that you're eating it afterwards and not just producing it for, I don't know, later on that day. Um, even with appeal, several, uh, several of the poskim and our Chacham Vadya Yosef included, they suggest that peels are permitted as well. It's not a keli, it's not a utensil, an instrument to the extent that we envision it as something which is miyuhat, prepared for separating, but some would forbid. <coughs> I more than once <coughs> was with people, friends of mine, who won't use peels on Shabbat uh, or Yom Tov uh, for that reason. But anyway, in our Gemara... I'm saying Shevet Halevi, who was one of the one of the foremost poskim in Bnei Berak, um, happens to be. Some many people in our community are very thankful to him for other reasons. His son is a rabbi in Munsi. He is the Eruv Rabbi of America. He built the Eruv for those who adhere to it in Brooklyn. Uh, so that's what he's. But he's a Bnei Berak rabbi, and his piske halacha show it. There's a lot of stringencies. Yes, he and his students, which is uh, many of them, according to what he writes in his book, won't open and won't shell uh, peanuts or anything else on Shabbat for this reason. Halacha is for the purpose of eating the food right away. Right? That That's when it's not a melacha. That's so called derech alich achila. We have to deal. We will, and inshallah, at some point deal with that. I understand why you're you're, you're addressing that. That will. It, it has one or two other factors which will take me too far from our content. But you're on your way. In terms of it being derech achila, you're on your way to addressing it appropriately. Okay, anyway, says the Gemara here. So we have then a question on Abaye, right? A question on Rava. The question is that this Beraita is clear, three lines from the bottom. Me'ed of Yom Tob in. It's specifically on Eid of Yom Tob when you're allowed to be Molel. Be Yom Tob lo. Answers Rava. Answers the Gemara for Rava. Afilu tema be Yom Tob. The truth is, we had two parts to this Biraita. It's, it's interesting because I just accentuated, I highlighted the first part. So it's very, very clear on our minds. What's the first part? The first part was Shabbat. The second part was Yom Tov. Now let's place them right, one right next to the other and understand that when I'm writing a Biraita, when I'm setting forth some text for you, I want them to be somewhat symmetrical. So I have the laws of Shabbat, I have the laws of Yom Tov. There are going to be some differences. I'll write those later on. Now when it's Shabbat, nobody, everybody rather, agrees that the action of crushing needs to be done before Shabbat. There's no question. Over there, there's no heter, there's no leniency of eating on Shabbat, producing for eating on Shabbat, that's prohibited. So on Eid of Shabbat, everybody agreed that's when the melila needs to happen. That's when the smoothing, that's when the, uh, uh, excuse me, the crushing in that fashion needs to come about. When it comes to Yom Tov, that was our question. It could be done on Yom Tov. But for symmetrical reasons, when I'm placing these two statements, one right next to the other, 
it just looks nicer. It comes off, it rolls off the tongue easier to say. If on Erev Shabbat you did the Mililah, here's what you can do on Shabbat. And so too, if on Erev Yom Tov you did the Mililah, here's what you could do on Yom Tov. Does that imply that it had to be done on Erev Yom Tov? No, it was Ayedeh. It was since in the first part of the Beraita. The Reshav, the Beraita, Ayedeh, the Tana, Resha, since in the first part of the Beraita, it needed to, and we all understand why, it needed to be Be'erev Shabbat, Tana Namesefa, Me'erev Yom Tov. It said in the Sefa, in the second part of the Beraita as well, Me'erev Yom Tov, even though, as Rava is making clear to us, as the Halakha teaches us, when it comes to Yom Tov, the Mililah can be done even on the day. Says the Gemara, if that's the case, and here, A.B., we bring it back to our general context, Imken, Masinu Terumah, Says the Gemara, if this is the case, Rava, if your claim that you're allowed to be molel, you're allowed to do this indirect, uh, irregular um, crushing on Yom Tob, well, I've then found potentially, says the Gemara, a situation in which you'd be Hayav and in turn permitted to take tirumah on Yom Tov. Why so? Well, the way it works with regards to tirumah, and we talked about this at much greater length in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, the way it works with regards to tirumah is that there is a specific stage at which point you're hayav bitrumah. In other words, uh, uh, you look at the produce and say, at what point do I need to separate? I look at my, uh, what people ask it today in terms of ma'asir, money they make. At one point, how do I determine what's my, what's my profit and what's my final line and all that sort of question. So you have these sorts of issues with regards to items which are grown out in your field as well. And the answer with regards to tirumah is there's a ba- basic primary um, uh, distinction between something that has gemar melacha and something that doesn't have gemar melacha. Gemar melacha is loosely defined as the final stage of its production. That doesn't mean you're not going to do anything afterwards. It means this is the final primary and fundamental and important stage of its production of, of preparing it to now be sold and, and used on a, on a larger scale. Uh, how do you define that? Of course, that's the million-dollar question. Generally speaking, when it comes to tivu'ah, when it comes to grains and those sorts of matters, the last stage is what we call the stage of miru'ah. Miru'ah means the, uh, the, the, the grain was gathered in your storehouse, in your home, somewhere, and you then smoothed over the top. You wanted to determine how much do you have. You're marking it based on its height, and you smooth the top. Once you smooth the top, that miru'ah is what defines for us gemar melacha. Okay, that is the general principle with regards to tivu'ah. When it comes to tivu'ah, when it comes to grains of that sort that's grown in my fields, when do I now need to take tirumah? I need to take tirumah when I did miru'ah. I collected it in my home, in my storehouse, and I did miru'ah on it. That's very important. But, however, in our circumstance, you're not creating this in mass. You're not bringing forth many of these stalks of, uh, of uh, what's it called, of mustard seeds. What are you doing with the mustard seeds? You're taking them and you're kind of uh, putting them through your fingers and then eating a few of them or putting a few of them into the dishes or onto your pastrami at the table. In other words, you're not really, in this circumstance, collecting it in mass. And as a result, the understanding of the Gemara is this subjective of in, in a certain way, concept of Gemar Melachat, finished its production, it finished its melacha, its procedural side, will be different when it comes to isurayata uh, de hardela, when it comes to the bundles of stalks, stalks of mustard. 
if it's not going to be used in a fashion that I'm turning it into some sort of large-scale operation, the gemar melacha will be at the moment that I bring it in and I separate the seeds from the husk. If that's the case, and we're talking about in this beraita, remember what we said in this beraita, that you're allowed to, our understanding, Rava told us, based on his knowledge, and in turn he said it's true in the beraita as well, you're allowed to do that on Yom Tov. You're allowed to take the stalks on Yom Tov, which have mustard seeds in them, put them through your finger and get the seeds to fall out and then put them in your mouth. It means that at that stage, when you have a gemar melacha, when the pr- procedure of bringing forth your mustard seeds is done, you're hayav bitrumah. And if he's telling you you're allowed to do this on Yom Tov for the purpose of eating from it on Yom Tov, it means you're allowed to separate tirumah on Yom Tov as well. Oh my goodness. That goes against everything we've been discussing and accepting throughout our Mishnah explicitly, right here. I told you it's on Daf Lamedvan, but our Mishnah assumed this. Remember, Beit Hillel responding to Beit Shammai. We don't need the details any longer, but we need the words. Beit Hillel said to Beit Shammai, you're confusing one item with another item. You can't compare hafrashat hala matenot keuna to terumah. Those first items that I just mentioned, you're allowed to separate on Yom Tov. The second one, terumah, you're not allowed to take that on Yom Tov. Wait a second, Rava. You found me a situation where I have this small-scale production. I just want some mustard seeds on my table for eating on Yom Tov, which we're assuming is considered the Gemar Melacha. And if it's considered the Gemar Melacha, it means it's Hayav B'Tirumah. You need to separate the Tirumah for the Kohen. And if you're eating it on the holiday, it means you took the Tirumah. But I thought there's no such thing. But then you took it on Yom Tov. And I was, how'd you do? Can't eat from it. It's not like something else. You can't eat from it. You can certainly take even small amount, but it's asur. Our Mishnah told us asur. Mishnah Taflamitvav says it explicitly. Our Mishnah says it implicitly. And everybody agrees it. No mahlokit. Beit Hillel says you can deliver but not separate. Everybody agrees you can't separate. Right. Says the Gemara. Separate for yourself. You said it's not, a, it's not a sin to eat them. And you don't, you're not required to do the Tzimah. But the concept over here is such that if I finish the production, and I'm not making a, a large-scale production. It's not going into the storehouse to be smoothed over. The understanding, the assumption, and maybe it's a wrong assumption, we'll discuss that in just a moment, is that finished its procedure. That's its gemar melacha. It's finished. If it's finished, then you have to give to Rumah. So again, I understand, so Nathan's suggestion, that's what I was implying a moment ago, is that maybe there's no such thing as a small-scale gemar melacha. Gemar melacha is defined only by mass production. If you're doing a small-scale thing, no terumah. If you're doing it for your own, that's what Alan was suggesting as well, you're doing it just for your own consumption, maybe it's permitted. And in truth, when you're doing a large-scale production, for example, and you walk into your storehouse and you didn't do the miruah, yeah, they're still bringing it in. I don't know, you're a little bit hungry, you want to taste your produce for that. You're, you're allowed to be ochil ara, you're allowed to eat from it. There's no problem in such a circumstance. So you're making a suggestion. The assumption of the Gemara at this point, though, is that we will distinguish. <clears throat> if I'm dealing with a large-scale production, miruah, the smoothing at the top. You know, small, small scale, just bring to my table. Gemara melacha is when I uh, crushed it. Just separating the seed. Would be makes this hayav b'tirumah. Which portion is hayav The that's a great question. The portion that is edible. That that'll be the principle. Yeah, not the chaff. Correct. Yeah, and you could separate one mustard seed. But the point is, if you're eating it on Yom Tov, clearly you separated one. But I thought you're not allowed to separate one because keep in mind the whole thing's taking place on Yom Tov. And the fact that the stalks were separated and put aside had nothing to do with it. 
So, so Jeff is suggesting that maybe you took the Tirumah before him, but you can't take it before him. You could only take it once you finished your production. If you took it before, that's not Tirumah. Tirumah is once I finished my production, I now separate. Only at Gemar Melacha, that's the Halacha. Says, How does a small technicality like this kaibash three days of you telling us the Tirumah you well, yeah. You just threw a whole bunch of things out the window. Welcome to Gimara, Alan. You know, what do you want me to tell you? Uh, come on, you're, you're familiar with this. You know, uh, it used to be when I was younger, my father used to tell me Alan Greenspan uh, uh, would uh, sneeze and the market was crashed. You know, that was the joke at the time. I don't know who it is today. I don't know. It's any, I sneeze today and the market's crashed. But we know. But we know that. Anyway, says the Gimara, la kashya, says Gimara, there's no difficulty over here. Um, because I can suggest Harbi Harbi Yosef Berbi Yehuda Detanya Ichnis Shibolin Laatzot Mehen Isa Uchel Mehen Arai Upatur Lemolelan Bemelilot Rabbi Mechayev Berbi Yosef Berbi Yehuda Poter Period says the Gemara there is no difficulty over here because I can suggest that the distinction, the difference between um, Rava and our Mishnah, Rava slash the Beraita and our Mishnah, is the difference between two different opinions. It's the opinions we've been discussing around here. It's Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda. Before we read them... Uh, yeah, but it's, it's one bit I thought We're answering two earlier statements based on this. Who are they and what are they debating? They're debating exactly our issue. Let's see it. Detanya, the bit says, first and foremost, no bearing, but it gets us into the issue. Shibolin, you entered stalks. Your mindset was a larger scale production. <laughs> You're going to take those stalks crush them, grind them, turn them into, ultimately speaking, flour, which in turn will be turned into, will be converted to dough and either sold or consumed. That's a larger scale production. In such a circumstance, uh, the Gemar Melacha will be, again, miruah. Now we know, ochel mehen aray upatur. You can eat from them before you did the final act. Aray, you can just pop them into your mouth. I don't know, I guess, yeah, you know, once upon a time, maybe today, people like sampling, even, even, Okay, anyway, that's permitted because that's not Gemar Melacha. What if your mindset, your purpose explicitly or implicitly in bringing in this tivoah into your home, into your warehouse is lemolilam b'mililot? There's not going to be a large-scale production. We're not turning this into flour and dough. None of that. We're bringing in our mustard seeds. We want some mustards at the ta- mustard, mustard seeds at the table. What's the halacha in such a circumstance? Rabbi Mehayev. Rabbi says in such a circumstance, that's the Gemar Melacha. The Gemar Melacha will be when you produce the mustard seeds. Pause for a second. That would be our Mishnah. Our Mishnah would be Rabbi who tells you there's no Tiruman Shabbat. If there's no Tiruman Shabbat, it's because you're Hayav B'Tiruman in such a circumstance. You wouldn't be. However, is Poter in such a circumstance. Excuse me, I mixed it up. who says you're Patur from Tirumah when you're being Molel Mililot. That will be okay with our Mishnah. Our Mishnah told us you'll never find a situation where you're Hayab B'Tirumah on Yom Tov. Oh, wait a second, I found the situation. No, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudai says, you're not Hayab B'Tirumah on Yom Tov. Rabbi, alternatively, who's telling us, as we saw just a moment ago, that there's such a concept of 
Teruma, in a circumstance of Molel Melilot, he won't accord with our Mishnah. As ironic as it is, because he's the editor of the Mishnayot, he would be perhaps according with the Beraita. That's the statement. What distinguishes, what separates? Well, certainly, Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yudha are logically separated. But beyond that, Rashi points out that the Pasuk in the Torah, which describes taking Teruma, says Rashi, Diganecha. And Digun, Digun, says Rashi, has something to do with a collection. And as a result, very, very literally, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda points that pasuk and says, the only time, as Nathan, as Alan were suggesting, the only time you'll be hayab is when you have a pile, when you have a collection, when it's all together. Reshit diganecha, digun, needs to be an arema. It needs to be that there's a collection of it, and that defines the finishing. You're right. The finishing is true in and of itself. The question is, how am I defining finishing? Says Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda, it has to be a pile. If it's not a pile, there's no chiyuv terumah. You're patur legamla. A hundred percent, it seems clear, both Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Uda. No. No, Rabbi is still going to tell you you need terumah. Rabbi's going to tell you, I don't care, it's not about a pile, it's not anything, right? So it, you're right. According to Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudah, however, there's no mindset of that. I brought one stalk. I know that you're bringing in order to take the seeds out of it. You're not doing it in order to produce um, dough. But that's what we're up to in the Gemara. The Gemara will continue to deliberate and deal with uh, the specific details with regards to Tirumah over here. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Amen.